T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 971 FM Talk Podcast. It is 97.1 FM Talk. My name is Bo Matthews. And for Tony Colombo, this is Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. And we've got a lot of special guests uh, this hour. Uh, let me introduce you to the room right now. We will be talking with uh, Alex Salzman from the Missouri Firearms Coalition uh, later in the show. But I've got uh, a couple of great friends of mine for uh, many years. Brian Wordle is uh, also uh, a, a stereo uh, aficionado. He's installed all my stereo stuff over the years, but he also has a fishing uh, company called Stream Adventures, where he can take you on a guided fishing tour. Welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, it's good to be here. Uh, but yeah, Stream Adventures, uh, we, we deal with uh, primarily streams that are that are relatively local here to St. Louis, generally within a within an hour, hour and a half away. And you fished them all. And I, I try. <laughs> That's a goal. <laughs> We've also got Jason McGraw, uh, the banquet chef and director at Hotel St. Louis. He's going to hang into this uh, segment in case uh, questions about cooking fish comes up. And, uh, and the reason I got this other guy on the phone, Chad Warner, is the product director at uh, Pradco. And the reason I, I, I reached out to him was because uh, I was actually chosen as the voice for the Bandit Generator fishing lure. Um, and so, Chad, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, and uh, you've got a whole bunch of uh, different products that you guys offer. Uh, but tell me tell me about the Bandit Generator. This is like the latest and greatest thing that's out there, right? Yeah, it is. So, so the Bandit Generator is kind of a spinoff of uh, the Bandit Walleye Deep. Uh, the Bandit Walleye Deep has been extremely successful in the walleye market. And uh, kind of had this idea on on a new idea coming from an, another brand of ours from Lindy, and to take a glow spoon or a glow stick and basically insert into these into these these generators. And and what it does is it basically illuminates this bait and it makes it shine the color of the bait that it's painted. So it's a specific painting process that we go through to get this thing to work properly and to shine the proper colors or whatever it's painted. So uh, it's pretty unique. So in situations like where you're facing uh, dirty water or if you're a night fisherman, you like to fish at night, man, these things will kill it. And uh, so uh, I want to know the first guy that uh, realized that these light sticks, we've all seen them at carnivals and things like that. Was somebody fishing with their daughter and they dropped their bracelet in to the water? And that is that, a, they were like, hey, we've got a great idea here. The way this went down, John Thielen, uh, you know, he's a, he's a predominant ice angler and walleye angler up north, um, lives in, in in Minnesota. And and he said he got up to go to the fridge like at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning because he was hungry. And his, his wife had one of those, uh, those sensey things plugged into the wall and was glowing this this crazy blue color and he just thought he's like man i wonder if i could do that underneath the water get that same glow and so we began experimenting with some different painting processes and schemes and paints and we're able to achieve that with one color of glow stick so all the glow sticks are green they just glow that fluorescent green but when you insert them in these in these baits and the painting process allows those baits to glow whatever that painted color of the bait is so it's really unique so that's where the idea came from because john was hungry at two o'clock in the morning wanted to eat that's so cool you know the story you know so yeah. the, are they are they the, like the traditional glow sticks or is it like glow in the dark paint 
No, it's a traditional glow stick. Okay. Yep, traditional glow stick. The paint does not glow itself. So and that's what's cool about it. So if you don't want to, if you don't want that glow effect, say it's super clear water and it's bright sunny and, and there's no benefit having that glow stick inserted in there, the color, the painting process, the steps, the color of the baits are phenomenal. So they're going to catch fish either glowing or non-glowing. And the generator is, uh, in, in, in what I read, is the perfect lure for every situation. Uh, Brian, any questions uh, about what type of fish it's best well, for, or is it every fish? Well, I'm sure, uh, it, yeah, when I was looking at it, it certainly looks like it'd be great for walleye, but uh, one thing that intrigued me about it uh, was night fishing for stripers. I can see uh, <laughs> stripers tearing that thing up. Yeah, that'd be a great application. We haven't done that. You know, uh, I'm down here in Arkansas, so we haven't done that. We've obviously got some killer striper water down here, but, uh, man, primarily what we designed this for was for walleye fishing. Uh, specifically, kind of, uh, really, if you think about the Great Lakes area and specifically Erie, uh, last year we totally dominated Bandit did up there in the tournament trail nice. uh, with the walleye deep, and that was kind of where this bait came from. It was a spinoff of that one. And and as people are listening to the show, Second Amendment, Radio uh, and the Great Outdoors, they're probably thinking, where can I get this? I know you can get it at LureNet.com, but are you in uh, the big stores right now? Yeah, Bass Pro Cabela's, uh, they're carrying it. Uh, you can get it, uh, again, at LureNet, yes. So primary spots, though, uh, you know, your Bass Pro, your, your Cabela's, those market stick sporting goods, uh, those are going to carry it. Those stores are going to carry this bait. Awesome. And so it is available right now. Uh, Chad Warner is the product director of uh, Pradco, and you guys have a whole bunch of other uh, products under your company uh, uh, head, right? Yeah, we do, man. We make Yum, Booyah, Bandit, War Eagle, Norman, Hedden, Rebel, Cotton Cordell, Arbogast. We've got some iconic brands. We just purchased, a, just finished an acquisition. We purchased Gene LaRue and Bobby Garland. So uh, we've got uh, some some really great heritage iconic brands along with some of those some of those brands that are leading the market today. Now, along that same line with the Bobby Garland stuff, I, I know that I use a, a number of those baits in the streams uh, that glow in the dark. Yeah, the Moglo series for and, Bobby Garland. Yeah, and and uh, man, I tell you what, uh, you know, you get dirty water as well, uh, the glow in the dark stuff, and and I would have to assume as well the uh, the the glow stick would work well in in dirty water as well, like the Mississippi or the Merrimack. Yeah, you bet. Anywhere you've got low light conditions, it's prime for that glow stick option. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome, uh, Brian. T- talk about some of the streams that are your favorites to go. I mean, you've got a you've got a jet boat, and, mm-hmm. and you load you load in usually one or two people, right? So that's I, it? I, can, I can carry up to two adults or, or one adult and, and a couple youngins. Uh, the uh, in the jet. Now it also depends on water levels. Uh, right. We we really have to monitor those. But I also have uh, inflatable rafts that, that we we'll use that are like little miniature pontoon boats uh, that individuals use. I, I I can take up to four people with those. Uh, we've got canoes available. I keep a, an assortment of waders available as well right, if somebody right. wants to get out and, and get in the water. Um, so any type of fishing, but primarily streams. Um, the upper Merrimack. Uh, the Big River, and then uh, there's quite a few smaller tributaries of those, the Codaway, the Hoosall, uh, even Joachim Creek and DeSoto. You'd be amazed at what kind of fishing can be had in there. Right. Your, uh, your tours normally are within an hour of St. Louis, yeah. but you've gone 11 Point, current, uh, oh, all yeah. the Black uh, River, I think. The Piney it? River, Black River, yeah. the current, and walleye-wise, uh, the, the Black and the Current River are outstanding fisheries for walleye. Um, 
Now I'm not a walleye guide by any means. Uh, just right, enjoy right. catching them when they uh, when they're available, uh, but primarily large large mouth and small mouth. I, I always heard uh, that if you when you take a kid fishing, you're really just taking a kid fishing. Yes, uh, you're, <laughs> no well, matter if you're dad or mom or and, and as a guide, it's kind of I, I kind of have to have that mentality. Sure. Uh, depending on who I'm fishing with, you know, some people say, "Hey, man, fish with us," uh, you know, and, and this guy's fishing. But if uh, depending on the skill level. Uh, I'll fish just long enough to figure out how to catch the fish. Right. And then I put my stuff down, and I'm watching the tip of your rod. Right, right. Um, and positioning the boat so that you can put the cast next to that log that I know there's a fish next to. Because you want a good experience uh, the, for them. The idea is to get you on get you on some fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and do you uh, – now, you're a catch and release guy primarily, yeah? Yes. Um, but you did mention something to Chef Jason here from Hotel St. Louis about – uh, a, 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 a riverbank feast. Uh, yeah. Would shore, you fish? Would you fish and eat the fish that you catch in a heartbeat? Okay, good. Let's, that, well, that that comforts me. We're selective about. You, know, you you don't want to keep the trophies. We we try to put those back because yeah. they make more trophies. Uh, but there's plenty of fish in the streams, and they really do need to be harvested regularly so that you can keep that. You don't want them overpopulated with a particular size range of fish. So, um, in in the Big River and the Merrimack here. Uh, the spotted bass have kind of taken over, mm-hmm. and so the the Department of Conservation actually wants you to get them out of there, and has increased the limits so that you can do so. Right. So we'll eat plenty of spotted bass along the way. And that's when you need to bring Chef Jason along. We've yeah. got Brian Wordle from betcha. Stream Adventures. We've got Chad Warner uh, from Pradco on the line, and uh, Chef Jason. Uh, have you ever cooked alongside the river? Oh, absolutely. Like on the spot? Actually, uh, we used to go for we used to go while we were up when I was up in Michigan. We go for the salmon run, yeah. and the first salmon we'd catch, because we normally would fish overnight, and then the next day we would literally, uh, I'd have some lemons and stuff. We'd pack it inside, and we'd roast it over the coals from the fire, right? And that would be breakfast. You're that guy. We yeah. bring you everywhere. Uh, <laughs> hey, Chad, does your uh, does your uh, lure the generator? Does it uh, is it good for uh, river fishing? Yeah, you have to have some pretty good depth. That trolling depth on that bait, if you're trolling it, you're looking to 24 to 27 feet. Uh, if you're casting, you're not going to quite get that deep. So you'd have to have a little bit of depth in, in the river or the, the, the water that you're fishing. Right. No, right. I, I could certainly see that working well in the Mississippi. Uh, yeah. Along below those locks and dams, uh, especially with that dirtier water. Is it a prerequisite, Chad, to, uh, to be a, a fisherman to work at Pratco? Um, real life experience no. stuff. <laughs> no, but ex- but that kind of that kind of experience sure does help, bud. And that's yeah. why you're on the phone with me right now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, any any questions that you have, Chad, for the room? No, I had a question about man. You guys mentioned walleye, and you're talking about catch and releases. Man, those are catch and eat, is what those are. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's for sure. The Set walleye is beautiful. I mean, yeah, that's probably one of the nicer. Uh, Lake, uh, freshwater lake fish to eat. So well, when, when, definitely, when we, I had a question for the chef. How does what's the best way to prepare those? Um, honestly, I, I like them a few different ways, but personally, I like it on the grill. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's nice and flaky. You know, I like to kind of, I'll take it and put it on some foil, just because I like to keep some of those juices there, so it doesn't dry out as much. And then I can always pull that foil over the top and just kind of let it poach itself on the grill. And that stuff just falls apart. Now, do you love just the pure flavor of the walleye, or do you do you have your own special spices that you throw in there? I, honestly, walleye is such a light and f- uh, flaky fish that yeah. 
I try not to put a whole lot to it because you can mask the flavor of it really easy. Right. I mean, typically just a little salt and pepper, maybe a little squeeze of lemon over it. Um, you know, really just basic so that it, it the flavor of the fish comes out. I mean, yeah. it's just very, very tender. Skin on or skin off? Skin on. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Only yeah. Way to go. You guys are making me hungry. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and uh, and Chad, uh, we've got, uh, let me introduce the room again. We've got Chef Jason McGraw from Hotel St. Louis, Brian Wordle from Stream Adventures. You can look him up on Facebook. He, matter of fact, uh, and, and we've got Chad Warner from Pradco. But Brian, when I asked you to come do this show, uh, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, you said, I haven't done anything on my Facebook in a long time, but I'm going fishing this weekend. Yes. And you did post some pictures, and I did see those, uh, but you said this is really your favorite time of the year. Oh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of cold weather on the streams yeah. for, for a couple reasons. One, you generally have the stream to yourself. <laughs> Not a bunch you, of You don't have a lot of kids. pleasure boat, boaters out there. Uh, and uh, and so you you really do have it to yourself, and you get to see everything when the leaves come off. You can see the bluffs, you can see the wildlife. Yeah. Uh, so it's incredibly peaceful. A couple of years ago, I saw a bear on the Big River, uh, which that's a treat anytime you see any wildlife. Uh, and then the other thing that it does is it concentrates the fish. Once you find them, you've found all of them, and so you can sit in one spot and just pull them in. Um, and, and they're also going to be feeding at a particular time during the cold weather. Right. So you don't have to spend all day trying to figure it out. You can almost set your watch by it. Wow. Uh, so you can have a real good time in the winter. Okay. And I mean, I've, there's been quite a few times I broke ice to put in the, in the river and, now, and had phenomenal days. Now, Chad, you said you've done some fishing up north, correct? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I grew up in Minnesota and ice fishing was the thing, right? But we did it on the ice, outside, <laughs> freezing our butts off, bundled up. But now the ice fishing experiences that they've got—it's Airbnb this and mm. uh, have you? Uh, how do you? How do you like to ice fish, Chad? I don't. I've oh. never been ice fishing. <laughs> I've only. Yeah. I've only been up on, I've been on the lax in the Mississippi, but it was open water smallmouth chasing. I've never been ice fishing. Yeah. Wow. Well, it sound, sounds like you're, you said you're in Arkansas. What part of Arkansas? Uh, Fort Smith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fort Smith, yeah, so it would be the western, excuse me, the eastern part, kind of the southeastern part of Arkansas. Yeah, nice. you don't ice fish in Arkansas. No, nah. definitely not. There's uh, never an opportunity. We're lucky to here. Uh, I've had in the last five years maybe three or four opportunities to ice fish here, and you really, really have to really heed some warnings. Uh, yeah, know, the ice up here does not to, get real thick. Know how to test the ice. The The Missouri Department of Conservation had a real good article in, in one of their magazines on how to test the ice. Oh, yeah. But if you get the opportunity, it's 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 like no other fishing. Hey, I do. froze my butt off as a kid up in Michigan. We, we would sit out there on that ice. This was no shanty, you know, roughing it type stuff. And man, nowadays I'm too old for that crap. I better have a shanty or something and a heater and, <laughs> and a way to get to the hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do it again. Well, but. Chad mentioned Malac Lake, and that is known as the Angry Lake because where I grew up, I, I just know that lake. I mean, you cannot see the other side of it. It's so huge. Am I right, Chad? It's it's a giant. You betcha. You. It's like being on the ocean. It really is. The waves. There's always white caps. And I've rarely done. I've fished on it a couple of times, and it you get seasick. Right. It's that big, you know. So I'm more of the small lake guy. Uh, but uh, Chad Warner, product director of Pradco, and uh, again the Bandit Generator is available along with their other great products at uh, Cabela's and uh, would you say Bass, Bass Pro? Pro. Yeah, yeah. Dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And, and yep. Oh, so is it at Dicks and, and Walmart and all that stuff? 
Yeah, um, there'll be some some Walmart locations that has, but primarily Bass Pro, um, Cabela's, and Dick's Sporting Goods. Well, it's an event to go shopping there, but if you are uh, stuck on uh, getting it delivered, LureNet.com is where you can find out more information. Chad yep. Warner, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Good working with you, and uh, and thanks for being a guest on the show. Hey, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. Enjoyed it. All right, we're going to cut him loose, uh, but you guys are uh, still here, um, and I'm still smelling this venison um, in, in this room. Again, you got to check out my Facebook page. We did a video of the venison and the elk chili and the deer chili. Just fantastic. I uh, want to thank Jason McGraw. He is the banquet chef, chef extraordinaire. Need your own TV show, man. <laughs> you keep telling me that, man. I'm telling you. Seriously. Yeah. I've never seen you screaming at anybody. Maybe that's why you don't have your own TV show. I generally don't. I'm not that type of guy. So. <laughs> Hotel St. Louis is where you're going to be able to find Jason. And uh, Brian, uh, again, your your Facebook page, which you're going to keep updating. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. Okay. Uh, you know, when you, you have to put down your fishing pole to pick up a camera. Yeah. Um, now I, I am hoping to maybe do some GoPro stuff here in the in the future, and we'll That's start uploading that. Well, okay. I thought he said earlier in the segment that he was going to tell us all his secret spots when we got off air, so we could put it on Facebook Live. The beautiful thing about fishing is you can tell somebody where you caught the fish; you just don't have to tell them how you caught the fish. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and 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 if you share your fishing honey hole. He may no, he won't. Uh, as long as he brings some venison, and, and, and uh, we'll let, we'll release the fish and, and I'm have giving it to him on, easy. On I'm, I'm doing all so. the work. He right. just has to eat. <laughs> My name is Bo Matthews. In for Tony Colombo, who's on vacation. This is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors on 97.1 FM Talk. It is Bo Matthews in for Tony Colombo, covering while he's on vacation for Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. And uh, last week I was able to be a guest on the show, and that was really cool. We talked to some uh, great people uh, that uh, owned a gun store uh, out west of town. And uh, so when it was my responsibility to host the show, I got to thinking, gosh, who can we talk to? Well, a, a gun advocate and uh, and uh, gun what would you call yourself? Uh, enthusiast. enthusiast. Hunter yeah. is also a chef. And anytime I've been around this man, he's always had some phenomenal food. His name is Jason McGraw. He is the uh, banquet chef and director at Hotel St. Louis in downtown St. Louis. And this end of the building smells so different than the rest of the building. That's all I'm saying. It sure does. I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of jealous people out there. There are. Everybody's walking by the door. But uh, the reason I wanted to uh, to get Jason in here was because as a chef, uh, you probably have heard, oh, I don't like uh, venison because it's too gamey and things like that. So part of you know the Second Amendment uh, laws is, is having guns and, and hunting. And for those hunters out there uh, or friends of hunters that like have turned down venison because you've you've maybe had a bad experience uh chef we're going to talk about the food you brought in but like some basic things that you can do as you're getting ready to grill up your venison or you're going to make your chili or whatever what are some things to do that you can uh, take out some of that gamey flavor well i mean i personally i'm kind of a naturalist when it comes down to it when i hunt i i handle the meat from the minute i uh harvest the animal to the minute i um grill it and eat it so I know how it's been handled all the way through. A lot of it has to do with when you do harvest the animal, you want to make sure you get it cooled down as quick as possible and take every precaution not to um, uh, nick any interior uh, um, stomach organs organs and stuff like that so that you don't get any kind of uh, waste in the meat. Just keeping it as clean as possible is the best thing you can do. Um, the other part with venison, a lot of things that can drive that gaminess is some of the um, fats 
you know, if you have a high fat content with it, that tends to hold that gamey flavor a little bit more. So I tend to trim that very well. Um, the muscle meat is very, very lean. So there's not a lot of fat in that. So you're not going to get a lot of that gaminess in there. Um, obviously, depending on what they've been feeding on is going to have something to do with the flavor of the meat. You Makes know, when, sense, yeah. You know, when you're around uh, deer that are eating out in fields and stuff and essentially just wild cattle, um, you know, their meat does tend to be a little bit lighter and not as gamey. Whereas if you're in hardwoods with, you know, a lot of acorns and different things like that where they're eating that and they're eating, um, you know, tree shoots and such, uh, it tends to be a little stronger. A little woody, they call it. Yeah, a little woody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But once you uh, trim it out and get the fat out, the other things that I normally do is, one, I try to do a nice marinade with it. Um, That marinade imparts flavor, but it also helps in that tenderizing process. Um, And with that, you know, you've you've got to look at the preparation. Um, The venison I've had before, honest, Jason, has been so tough, like shoe mm -hmm. leather. And I think it's because people uh, cook it like they would cook a beef steak, you know, right. where there is some fat that can help keep mm-hmm. that juicy, right. and you just don't have that with venison. Right. With venison and a lot of wild game, you don't want to overcook it. That's the worst thing you can do because you're not – when you overcook it, you're taking all the moisture out of it, and that's what's drying it out. Yeah. It doesn't have the fats that are going to retain moisture in there. So I always go – medium rare to medium at most on my wild game um and i find that that's the best way to eat it it's the best flavor yes my, da- my dad nice kind of tender yeah my dad kind of taught me to to go with a medium or or a medium rare steak yes. because the flavors are really you're missing those flavors right um but <clears throat> that's a, it's a great tip for anybody that wants to to grill um now you process your own deer yes Start to finish, sausage, now, do, you name it. Do you also do venison uh, Jerky, ground? ground, no, yep. Okay, yep. so when you do the ground, uh, mm-hmm. I was at G&W Sausage, and I got mm-hmm. their tour. They actually, I think it's pork they add in there. Is that um, right? They do. Um, a do lot you do of, that? A lot of them uh, add pork, or they they use beef fat. Oh, okay. Um, you know, luckily for me, working with a lot of uh, meats and stuff, a lot of times I'll, when we're trimming the ca- the cape of the um, or the cap of the uh, New York strip and such, I can hold back some of that fat, grind it in. Now, when I'm making chili or whatever, I, what I do is I grind mine lean. And then if I want to do a burger, I can grind a little bit of the fat and mix it in. Oh, okay. So that I get that. But I normally grind all mine lean because that way I can pull it out, season it. And because I'll use that for jerky, I'll use it for uh, summer sausage. Um, I'll use it for chili right. and I don't really need that fat in there for that. And when I'm doing a summer sausage, I'm grinding in pork anyways with it, that, uh, pork fat, I'll normally use part of a pork butt, grind that in there to give that moisture in the sausage. Especially if you're growing. Now, if you're smoking it, I've never had smoked venison, but I would think that would keep it tender. Um, if you go low and slow, but you'd want to do more of a cold smoke. Wow. Um, just because, you know, you want to get the flavor, but then finish it on the grill um that way you can sear in the the juices that that, that are there right yeah. whereas in the smoker a lot of times that's going to just dry it out because sure. you don't have those fats you know when you think about a brisket or a pork butt on the smoker when it's in there you know you've got that fat side up and that fat's just dripping down well what that fat's doing is it's basting it it's keeping that moisture it's just yep. continually basting it well when you put in that piece of venison or or lean meat um 
you don't have that extra moisture coming from it. So that's why I say do the cold smoke method and then finish on the grill um, and it'll be beautiful. Well, prior to beginning the show, uh, Brian, and speak up when you want to. If you want to challenge the chef. I'm learning. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Bring it on, Brian. I'm learning. (laughs) Banquet chef and director at Hotel St. Louis is uh, is, uh, Jason McGraw and an old friend. We are old friends now. Gosh, when did I first meet you? I can't even remember. Oh, my God. But, but I don't want to really admit that far back. But but Brian asked you where do you hunt, and you wouldn't say. Is this like nope. a, a, a a honey hole that you're not going to give up if he asks where do you go fish? Well, it's it, kind of like that. It's kind of like like me and my morel mushroom hunting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know about that. I mean, I don't. I really. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I mean, I took. Uh, I've taken oh, family be, members and yeah. make them like uh, blindfolded till mm-hmm. we get there, and then let them out. That's crazy. You Brian never has... give up a morel pad. Okay. Yeah. It, well, and one of the things with morels, though, and, and one of the things I hope uh, people will pay attention to is you never pick them all. And that if somebody cleans out a patch, you can kill it. Yeah, it'll never come back. Well, no, never... not necessarily. See, Uh-oh. one thing you can do is um, get a mesh bag mm-hmm. and you put your morels in there. So as you're going through the woods, those spores are dropping. Oh, sure. So you're actually kind of reseeding. Right. Because I've cleaned out plenty of spots, and I get them the next year, too. Yeah. So, um, But when you do that, you get some people to go out there with you know, paper bags or plastic <clears> bags. <throat> well, the problem with that is, is that then you've taken those spores and you've put them in there, you've captured them in, and then when you go and take them home and rinse it, you're rinsing all those spores all down, down the, the drain. drain. Yeah, yeah. So oh. I try to do that so I can kind of spread them through the woods while I'm walking through i'm not a deer hunter but i know a lot of deer hunters like yourself brian you Mm -hmm. you've done that um a lot of hunters like to go north they like to go towards iowa or in iowa buddy of mine used to own a property in iowa so he could hunt that area because the foods that they're eating up there is corn and Mm -hmm. soybean they're eating a a lot of crop right uh, and and that that it does change it 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 changes the it changes the taste right i mean i'm generally hunting in uh Kind of central Missouri. <laughs> Look at Brian leaning in there. Brian, that's as Brian's, far as you're going to get. Brian, so everybody, hey, I think I just felt everybody lean into their radio. Where does he go? Well, I saw Brian leaning in, that's for sure. Um, but I will say, you know, I grew up in Michigan originally. and Yeah, Minnesota you know, boy. I am. Yeah, yeah, hunting up there, we have a lot of cornfields. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like down here where you, some of these fields are really big. You don't see really large farms up in Michigan. Right. You know, so you have... A uh, cornfield, then woods, then a cornfield, then woods. So, I mean, they've got a great way to go and eat. And, you know, their fat caps generally in the lower part of Michigan are very thick. Right. Um, you know, but in the upper part of Michigan where you don't have those farms, it's got, it's a lot of uh, spruce trees and evergreens and such, and they don't have the fat and they are a lot stronger tasting deer excuse me i just burped Uh-oh. we've already we've already sampled some of the food that we will be talking about um uh your favorite way to uh to harvest a deer is it by bow is it by rifle um honestly wrestling it to the ground maybe? you know i i do know a guy that did that once <laughs> uh, and i it wouldn't have believed made. it if i didn't see it <laughs> uh and and so your favorite way uh honestly i don't have a favorite way my favorite way is to be out in the woods yeah. i mean even if i don't get a deer um just being out there and and watching different things, you know, seeing different animals come through. I've seen mink come through. I've seen all sorts of different animals. Right. And it's just great to see that and be out there. Yeah. And no stress, no work, no nothing. So I occasionally see your videos on Facebook and you're just out there doing your thing. Yep. You know? I, I normally t- uh, tag it as uh, a, a day at the office. Right. 
You got to love that. Yep. Okay. Again, Jason McGraw, the banquet chef and director at Hotel St. Louis. Great place to get away, even in town. If you're not, if you're from here, might want to get away and have a date night out. Uh, but tell me about some. Let's talk about first what is available okay. uh, that you've brought here. And again, we've all tried it. Most of yep. us have tried it. Uh, tell us about the duck eggs. And again, yep. duck season right now. Yep. And it's deer season for archery. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell me some of the creations. So what you have. we have here is. Um, a new menu that's actually rolling out tomorrow at Union 30 Restaurant in Hotel St. Louis. Um, and it's a duck bacon with uh, maple creme. It's fantastic. And then a uh, deviled duck egg. Uh, they're phenomenal. They're a great little appetizer. And, you know, Chef Burke, uh, Matthew Burkmeyer is the executive chef over the restaurant. And uh, this is one of his babies. So I posted a video uh, a couple of days ago about what you're, what we're talking about. The cream on top is is a maple cream. Is that what you called mm-hmm. it? Yep. And it's really just a nice hint of it. It's not yes. like it's not like it's, maple syrup. Yeah, no, it's, we it's weren't dipping in maple. <laughs> yeah, it's a savory, definitely. Um, we, we didn't want it to be candy. I mean, it, right. that's really not the the meaning of it. But that maple and the smoked duck breast, uh, bacon, and then with that duck egg, uh, really, really pops good. And so. is this seasonal? This is on our new menu. Um, if it works out well, you never know. It may stay on. We try to switch it up three, four times a year. Okay, but you can, you may not be able to source duck all year round, right? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Oh, okay. There's, there are local, he knows, there are he knows lo- people. There are local duck farms here okay. uh, in the St. Louis area, so that's great. All right. Um, now, some of the items that you brought in that we were able to try is, is some of the techniques that you talked about as far as the venison goes. Mm-hmm. Of course, you fancied them up. Uh, talk about uh, the venison uh, uh, things we got here. We got about three minutes to go. Okay. Well, uh, we have two w- venison two ways. One of them is uh, more of a traditional steak method. Yes, it is. Where um, it really yeah. reminds you of like a um, A1 steak sauce. And that's where I use uh, Worcestershire, fresh garlic, salt, pepper, um, and a little bit of balsamic vinegar. And I marinate overnight. You mm. noticed um, that it gets great grill marks on mm-hmm. it. That's the caramelization of the sugars from the balsamic. And it kind of seals that outside and gives you a great flavor. But we only cook it to about, this is cooked to about mid-rare, rare. And then the other one I did, uh, kind of made it up. It's a St. Louis thing. I, I did a little garlic and um, a little bit of oil with Red Hot Riplet seasoning. Wow. So I've, put I've a got s- a bottle of that. That stuff is great. That is outstanding. It is. So yeah. just put a little seasoning into that. And then we also have, um, our owner of our hotel is a um, hunting enthusiast as well. His name's Amrit Gill. Uh, he and his wife, Amy Gill, own Hotel St. Louis. And he made um, some venison chili and some uh, elk chili, mm. uh, both animals he had harvested. So You keep talking. Um, I mean. <laughs> you know, the venison that I prepared is venison that I had harvested and uh, had vacuum packed and everything at home. So. And if you've had the most tender filet mignon ever, like I've never had Kobe steak, but it's it is this venison. I I can't even believe that it's venison because right. every venison yeah. I've ever had has been so yeah, you tough. Can, you can cut that with a fork. You ever uh, yeah. you ever eat raccoon? I've eaten raccoon. I, I, there's not much I won't try once. <laughs> roadkill once. roadkill raccoon. Hey, you cannot you know, beat it. I I'll tell you. I had uh, my ex mother in law. <laughs> she said she didn't like. She wouldn't eat venison, and I did a venison Oscar. Yeah, and I told her it was uh, beef. Beef Oscar. Yeah, she didn't know the difference until after I told her after she ate it, and she was raving about it, and she about beat me. But that was okay. She's my <laughs> ex mother in law, and that's the reason for that. So. The ex mother in law. <laughs> wow, fantastic! And uh, and the duck eggs uh, again, the duck bacon, the duck uh, deviled eggs, those are available. 
Yeah, uh, that, that starts tomorrow with the new menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's fantastic. Well, Chef, uh, we this studio is the envy of the entire building here with all the different radio stations. I cannot thank you enough, and it's really good to see. You. It's been a while. Oh too yeah, long. absolutely. Um, and uh, so, if you have any questions, uh, you can certainly uh, message me on Facebook at Bo Matthews. Uh, and I can relay it over to Jason or look mm-hmm. him up on Facebook, Absolutely. Jason McGraw. He is the banquet chef and director at Hotel St. Louis. How long have you been there now? Um, I, I came on with uh, Hotel St. Louis just about June. Oh, of this year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, came I bet on you're a hit tr- over there. Try and, well, I, I came on as the banquet manager or the banquet chef, and then within three months I was the director, so... You're legit. Um, you always have wow. been legit. So uh, thank you very much uh, for treating us all to these wonderful foods. Uh, we've got more of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors coming up on 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews, and for Tony Colombo, who is uh, on a much-needed vacation, I saw him before he left, and that boy needed it, if anybody ever did. This is FM News Talk. This is FM Talk 97.1, and uh, my guest, Brian Wardle from Stream Adventures, is going to uh, hang in this portion of the uh, the show because he wants to talk to uh, Miss Alexandria Salzman. Alex Salzman, the Missouri Firearms Coalition, is on the line, and welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Uh, there is a lot to talk about, including, uh, and people are still, you know, it's actually kind of waning a little bit, but uh, Beto O'Rourke's uh, conversation may be uh, uh, kind of lost in the news feeds of the uh, the 24-hour news cycle, but people are still talking about it, like we are going to right now, and he said he wanted to send out law enforcement to uh, to have a mandatory buyback of AR-15s, any kind of weapons of war in his description. Um, how do you feel about uh, that statement, and what are you hearing about uh, the citizens of Missouri that are talking about it? Well, usually whenever I join the show, we do a little segment called Stupid Gun Bills. Um, and <laughs> Beto O'Rourke actually is on my list for the Stupid Gun Bill of the Week for this very reason. Um, he's basically saying that we are going to... Um, mandatory com- gun confiscation door to door and when pressed on it you know how are you going to do that he just basically says well people are going to follow the law you know and in follow-up interviews that he's done i've seen since this last debate um, he- he's been pressed they say well what about mass shooters are they going to follow the law and his response is yes mass shooters americans all americans will follow the law well law-abiding citizens obviously will follow the law but criminals are breaking a host of laws to begin with. So there's no reason that anyone should think that Beto O'Rourke's mass gun, massive gun confiscation uh, is going to solve anything because he's either not going to enforce it or he's going to go door to door and check everybody's um, home and property to see if anybody has any of these certain, you know, quote unquote, um, assault weapons or weapons, weapons of, of war. war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a new term. I think assault weapons is kind of fading, and now they're going with, quote, weapons of war. Right. So the fact that, that he thinks that these criminals that are shooting people in all of these public places are just going to all of a sudden obey this law, not obey the, you know, thou shalt not kill, not obey any of the other state or federal laws, but they're going to obey his law, I think definitely qualifies as the stupid gun law of the week. Well, I, you know, I, I, and respectfully, I think his uh, quote was that we are going to have a mandatory buyback. Now, how would he know what somebody spent on 
uh, a long gun, a, a rifle, an AR, or a weapon of war. Uh, you know what I mean? How, how do they know how to compensate that? And where are they going to get the money for that, If he, what he's thinking? Well, not only do they not have any way of knowing how much somebody purchased the firearm for, but they've got no way of knowing who has which firearms. So unless they're proposing a massive um, gun registry, which they are, that's the universal background check bill that they're pushing right now, until they have a list of all the firearms, they won't know who has them and who doesn't. So first they have to make a list of everybody's firearms, and then they have to decide um, how much they are going to compensate uh, people when they do decide to turn them in. And I can guarantee you it's not going to be what they paid for them. And how can you put a price on, um, let's say, heirlooms? Let's say someone has had a firearm that was passed down through the generations or someone has a grandfather that passed away and he was left their firearm collection. How would you put a price on that? You can't. They're invaluable. Well, uh, it's interesting because uh, he can say something like that and have no clue uh, as the basis of what he is is wishing if he were to become president. Um, But, you know, let's move closer to what's going on in the state of Missouri. And in Jeff City, uh, there's a lot of talk about the red flag laws, which are, are scary enough because... The that's just disgruntled neighbors or or ex spouses or something like that. Um, where are we at with that in Jeff City? Well, our insiders in the Capitol are telling us that leadership, Republican leadership, might I add, um, they do intend to move the red flag laws forward. Wow. Um, they 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 had them in committee last year. They had Republican support and. Re- Republican support is not uncommon, unfortunately. Um, these laws are extremely dangerous. They're basically gun confiscation orders. You can be ordered to turn over your firearms before you are charged or convicted with anything. And the, 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 I guess the catch is when Republicans do it, they call it a Republican-approved gun control, and they just kind of tweak the bills from state to state. So what, I, what we anticipate, what Missouri Firearms Coalition anticipates happening in the 2020 legislative section is we will have some sort of red flag gun confiscation bill proposed, and then Republicans are going to amend it, kind of water it down. They'll pull out the ex parte provision, something of that sort, and then try to sell it to us as Republican-approved gun control because, you know, they fixed the due process piece which is absolutely crazy. That does, does nothing to fix the due process right. um, portion of this bill. The, the ex parte provisions in these red flag bills are but a small issue with the overall uh, concept of the bill themselves. It's a joke. The real constitutional issues is that red flag gun features um, is the fact that they allow anti-gun judges to seize your firearms before you're charged or convicted with anything. Guilty and uh, no, pro- uh, guilty before proven innocent is what it is. Right, you have to prove you're innocent. This is right. Alex- and if go ahead, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say this is Alex Salzman uh, of the Missouri Firearms Coalition. Brian Wordle from Stream Adventures has a question for you as well. Yeah, yeah uh, well, and one of the things that that, that really, really scares me about the red flag laws is is I can name 10 people that think I'm crazy. Just, just <laughs> help two of them are probably I'm, in this room with yeah, Yep, I'm one of them. <laughs> so it, it is scary. It's very arbitrary. Well, it's subjective. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely subjective. Uh, so how, how do you come up with uh, a scenario where you can prove that somebody's not in their right mind? Uh, that's always well, subjective. 
how do you prove that you're not going to do something wrong in the future? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, they've got a TV show called Snapped. I will say this, uh, Alex. I, I just did a background check for a firearm. And, you know, the one thing that I haven't understood is when you go to, like, say, an urgent care for something, uh, bee sting or whatever, um, your your records, you don't have to fill out all the long forms anymore. If you've been once, they've got your history and you're connected to all these computers. Um, at what point do you think, if in the future, that they could connect the background checks with medical or psychiatric backgrounds and medications you know how they say don't take this medication and drive heavy equipment they could have that kind of similar thing has that ever been talked about do you think they discuss expanding the NIC system all the time in many many states not only you know do they want to open it up to your medical records just every every purchase that you make every time you try to do a background check your mental health records, your you know physical health records, everything they can get their hands on, they would like to put into the NIC system, the database, the gun owner's database, uh, and then that way they can decide who gets to have a firearm and who is ineligible to have a firearm. And are you against you know, that? To, I'm absolutely against expanding the federal database. Uh, you, you've seen in the previous administration, there were massive amounts of veterans that had problems because all of a sudden their information was entered in and then they were all of a sudden disqualified from the, um, you know, having their Second Amendment rights because of whatever mental is, mental health issue the government deemed them to have. For some reason, it's, I just feel that that's coming, though. That's the scary part, you know? It's coming unless we stop it. Right. That's uh, for sure. Uh, and so real quick, uh, while we've got you, Alex Salzman, Missouri Firearms Coalition, tell me about uh, SAPA real quick, and so the listeners really understand what you're doing. Right. So regardless of if it's going to be Biden or Warren or Sanders, whoever it's going to be that gets the Democrat nomination uh, for the upcoming election, it's really clear that whoever wins is going to be the most anti-gun candidate in American history. Uh, So that's why in 2020, what we're doing at Missouri Firearms Coalition, with the help of a lot of other gun groups, with the help of a lot of senators and representatives, is that we're trying to to advance the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Um, And in in addition, we've got some other stuff. We're going to try to get rid of gun-free zones, things like that. But really, SAPA is what we're calling it. Um, SAPA is going to be a huge priority for us because this bill is basically going to protect gun owners against future future federal gun control uh, that may come from an anti-gun president um, from anywhere, basically, by declaring that all federal gun control laws are unenforceable in the state of Missouri. So that federal acts, laws, executive orders, court orders, rules, regulations, ordinances, you name it. If it's coming from the federal government to infringe on your Second Amendment right, we want to make sure that it stops at the state line and is not submitted into Missouri and that Missourians do not have to comply with these unjust and unfair Second Amendment um, violations, basically, these gun grabs. So we're working really hard on that. We've been working on it for a year or so now, and we're really ramping it up because we see what's coming down the pike. I have no... um, I I don't have any doubt that that President Trump will uh, be reelected in 2020, but when you look at 2024, that's going to come quick. And regardless of which way the, the wind blows, we're going to need to protect ourselves here in Missouri. Well, Alex Salzman, thank you so much for joining us on Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Uh, And thanks for doing what you're doing, because 
I w- I'm not smart enough to to realize what really has to go into this. So for you and your team at the Missouri Firearms Coalition, thank you so much, and thanks for being on 97.1 FM Talk to get the word out about things that are going on uh, with the Second Amendment. Anytime. Thank right. you so much for having all right, and uh, yeah, Tony Colombo will be back uh, next week. I want to thank our guest, uh, Chad Warner from Pradco uh, with the Bandit Generator, uh, Chef Jason McGraw from Hotel St. Louis, and Brian Wardle. Thank you for sitting in. Thanks for having I'm me. Glad, I'm glad we were able to feed you well. Oh, yeah, very well. And for executive producer Chad Ellis, I'm Bo Matthews. Tony Colombo's in uh, next week with Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.